Thank you for joining us here at Celebration Church, where we celebrate God, celebrate people, and celebrate life. We hope you enjoy today's message. Well, good morning, everybody. How are you this morning? Are you doing well? It's good to be here together. It's good to be here together. In Jesus' name. Look at all your smiling faces on this Sunday. What's the date today? Sunday the 15th of May 2022. (laughs) This morning was one of those mornings where my son refused to go to kids' church. And we just spent the whole time trying to coax him over. We even had Ange herself with a bubble maker trying to entice him. And he just didn't want a bar of it. Um, I think it's because we're having a little second birthday party with some family after church. You might be too excited. But uh, no, it's all good. God is here. We did have some family things, announcements to talk about. Um, I don't know if there's a photo at all. On Friday, we had... Yeah, Mark and Haley got, got hitched. They got married and they are right now on their honeymoon in Singapore. So it was a beautiful ceremony and big congratulations. At Celebration Church, we like to celebrate uh, different people and what's happening. Um, also, a special congratulations to, is there another photo? Beck Gallagher, who... She, she just graduated with her Diploma of Chaplaincy. And so we just want to say congratulations, Beck. Um, well done. I can't wait to see all that God has for you. Is she out in kids or somewhere? Yeah, of course. Uh, she's out there serving. Um, so th- I just think it's so, so cool that she is starting that era of chaplaincy-type work. Uh, very needed and very cool. So well done to Beck. Awesome. Today is going to be a great morning. We're starting a new series today, um, and I hope you're blessed by it. It's a series we'll just continue on in the coming weeks. But I will try and start with something a bit lighter. So, Kez, you're good. You can sit down. Thank you. An, An inexperienced preacher was to hold a graveside burial service at a pauper's ceremony for an indignant man who had no friends or family. Not knowing where the cemetery was, he made several wrong turns and got lost. When he eventually arrived an hour late, the hearse was nowhere in sight and the backhoe was next to the open hole and the workmen were sitting under a tree eating lunch. The diligent young pastor went to the open grave and found the vault lid already in place, feeling guilty because of his tardiness he preached an impassioned and lengthy service, sending the deceased to the great beyond in style. As he returned to his car, he overheard one of the workmen say to the other, I've been putting in septic tanks for 20 years and never seen anything like that before. I thought that was pretty good. And I love how Nat mocks me every week with a, ho, 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 yeah, that's great. Uh, something light. I think our world is a bit more, a bit more joy, a bit more lightness. This morning for a few minutes, I want to speak to you um, about 
something that I think is going to really help our church. We're starting a series called The Art Of, dot, dot, dot. The Art Of, and every week we're going to put something else, The Art Of Such and Such, The Art Of This or The Art Of That. And it says in this, if you have your Bibles, turn to Matthew chapter 5. And Alan, this isn't on the screen, I don't have you on the screen for this one. Matthew chapter 5 verse 16 says this. It says, In the same way, let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Just think about the breakdown of this. This is Jesus speaking. He says, In the same way, let your light shine before others, comma, so that, or that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. I think as Christians, we get a bit confused because there's other passages that say, don't let your left hand know what your right hand's doing. Or if you're going to pray, make sure you don't pray in public. Go and pray in private. And God sees what's done in secret and will reward you. But there's also an element in the kingdom, which is letting your light shine through what you do to the level that people will see what you do and can't help but give glory to God. That is a pretty high bar. <laughs> Imagine that you do things in your life that is so impressive that people look at it and the only explanation they can give is, God must be real. <laughs> pretty cool, hey? I think we have sometimes this false humility that we feel like we can't let what God's placed in us shine. And yes, Jesus is the light. He is the light of the world. He is within us. But then he gives us gifts and talents so that we can then let his light shine through the crevices of who we are. Pretty cool, hey? And the light that you bring might be different to the light that I bring because who you are is different to who I am. And your experiences, your history, your testimony is different to mine, but God will use it all to create a beautiful masterpiece to the point where people look at your life and think, I give God glory for your life. We're going to be speaking today about the art of showing hospitality. It's a very practical message today, but I want you to, in your heart, get a fresh revelation of the power of kingdom hospitality. First, though, let me talk about the Mona Lisa. I think she'll be up on the screen. Oh, anyone, has anyone seen the Mona Lisa in the flesh? Yeah? Anyone had a friend called Mona Lisa who you saw? No. You know the Mona Lisa? Obviously, it was, she was painted by Leonardo da Vinci. In 1503, he started. And in 1507, he still wasn't finished. And it took another three years to complete. So he spent, some people believe, seven years on that painting. Seven years. Do you know how much the Mona Lisa is worth today? Let me tell you, 900 million US, which is 1.3 billion Australian. So that's why there's all those camera phones there. Because of the work the dedication, the talent that went into painting the Mona Lisa. 1.3 billion isn't bad. 
That's, that's a pretty good return for seven years' work. The thing is about Leonardo, I'm going to say DiCaprio, <laughs> Leonardo da Vinci, I've, I've had the privilege of travelling to Italy and seeing the finger of God painting. He was an artist who was dedicated. He was dedicated to his craft. He was dedicated in ways that nobody else at his time or not many were dedicated. But he knew that there was something he had to produce because there was something in here. <laughs> Seven years on one painting, and some believe it could be even more than that, is dedication, perfectionism, excellence. Every stroke had to be exactly what he saw in his heart. In the book, The Outliers, by Malcolm Gladwell, he says it takes 10,000 hours to become um, really, really good or proficient in a complex skill. 10,000 hours of dedication to become really good at one thing. There's a reason why Michael Jordan was the best at basketball, Kelly Slater at surfing, I'm using all the sporting analogies, Tiger Woods at golf. These guys spent years honing their skills so that they could be the best that they could possibly be. This morning, my heart, and I pray that you'll hear the Father's heart through this, and it doesn't matter what age you are. You can be 90 and hear the spirit of this and think, I'm going to be great at bringing my light so that others may glorify God. If you're young, listen to this in particular as well, because if you dedicate your life to being great at things to bring God glory, it will be a rich life. And it says in Ephesians 4 verse 12, it says that my job is to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. My job as the pastor of this church is to actually equip you to go out and be who God has called you to be. Hence why we encourage connect groups or celebration groups or we celebrate what people are doing because as they step into their God calling... They live in a place of grace, his grace, that can give him amazing fruit and amazing breakthrough because they're being all that God's called them to be. So today, I want to speak to us about the art of hospitality. Like I said, we have, um, there's my son, he's two, he just turned, well, he turned two a few weeks ago and we all got COVID. He got COVID on his birthday and he gave it to me and Charlie and so we had to postpone the party. So today, we've got a few family getting together. We're going to celebrate him. He keeps singing Happy Day Day to himself. <laughs> Happy Day Day. He just sings that around the house. Uh, I don't think he realizes it's Happy Birthday. Happy Day Day is fine. And my wife has spent all yesterday and this morning, I woke up to the vacuum cleaner. I woke up to her doing what she can to get the house ready for a moment of hospitality. Hospitality can be defined as this, the quality or dis disposition of receiving and treating guests 
and strangers in a warm, friendly, and generous manner. In the New Testament, the Greek word translated for hospitality literally means love of strangers. I'm going to tell you what that word is. I put it in my phone notes instead. The word is actually... uh, It starts with PH and it ends with X. (laughs) I can't find it. But it actually translates to the love of strangers. How interesting is that? Hospitality is a God idea. It's God's heart. We're going to look at that this morning. We're going to hopefully capture some of that in our heart again. So for me, hospitality is treating strangers as friends. (laughs) How great are you and I at treating strangers as friends? Here as a church, I'll be great at treating our new people as friends. Because we can be great at looking after each other, but what about the new person looking for a church home? Well, there is an anointing on hospitality. There is a grace in hospitality. Here's an interesting thing. The word hospital comes from the the Latin word hospice, signifying a stranger or foreigner, hence a guest. Another noun derived from this hospitum came to signify hospitality. It is the relation between guests and shelterer, hospitality, friendliness, and a hospital res- hospitable reception. Who knows that a local church should be a place where the broken come in and find healing? Yeah? So it's kind of like a hospital. So the power of being hospital, hospitable, work with me, hospitable, is the power to bring healing. Just like a hospital brings healing. In hospitals, you give birth. My sister is going to give birth in a hospital soon. Good luck, Jono. It's going to be a great journey for you. Jessica's got it. She's got it. They will go into a hospital with midwives, with doctors and they will give birth the church is a place where birth happens born again birth people finding their spiritual self in the kingdom should be what happens in the local church (laughs) like a hospital the church is meant to be like a hospital Hospitality done well from God's heart brings healing like a hospital. When we get a revelation of treating strangers as friends, we actually bring healing into moments we don't realize. In 1 Peter 4 verse 9, it says this. It says, show hospitality to one another without grumbling. Show hospitality to each other without grumbling. I wonder why it adds without grumbling. Well, probably because sometimes hospitality makes you feel like you want to grumble. (laughs) Vacuuming floors, cleaning toilets, stepping out of your shell if you're an introvert, 
to make someone else feel loved who you don't yet know costs you something. But remember, worship, by definition, should always cost you something. How interesting is that? A sacrifice of praise. It costs me a sacrifice. Romans chapter 12, verse 13 says, Contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. I love that wording. Seek it out. Mark Maharab sought out his wife. If he wasn't looking, he wouldn't have found her. He had to seek that he might find. I can pick on him because he's not here. When it comes to us, we have to have eyes that seek the opportunities to be hospitable. Remember, the New Testament word translated means the love of strangers. How great are we, are we as people, kingdom people, at loving strangers? You've heard me speak about, you know, if we have guests over, I, I make sure everything's set up right. I just, I, even this morning I was thinking, what playlist should we have for Bear's barbecue lunch? I'm thinking, what songs does he like? Apart from the Wiggles, what, what does he like? <laughs> I'm trying to think through how to make our guests experience the best it can be. Let's just look at kingdom for a second. In Matthew 25, why don't you turn there, Matthew 25, verse 34. Is this okay this morning? I know it's a bit humid, but Matthew 25, verse 34 says, it's a bit of a passage, we're going to read it together. It says, it says, Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. And the righteous will answer him, Lord, when do we see you hungry or feed you or, or give you something for your thirst? Or when do we see you as a stranger and invite you in? In need of clothing and clothe you. When do we see the sick, see you sick and in prison and go visit you? And the king will reply, Truly I tell you, whatever you do to the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you do to me. And then he goes on to say, Depart from me, those who didn't do this, who didn't feed me or clothe me. The first thought this morning is this. Hospitality is ministry to God's heart through ministry to others. I pray the, the weight of what we just read hits us. That what we do to the least of these, we do unto him. So when I show hospitality to a stranger or somebody else, I am actually doing it unto him him please let this sink in your heart let, let, let your spirit catch this it's not too simple this is profound if you really get it 
when you show hospitality to those who are the least, you show it to him. When do we clothe you, Jesus? When do we visit you in prison? When do we feed you? When do we give you a drink? Well, you did it when you looked after the least of these. Listen, it's easy to look after those who love you and it's easy to look after those who are going to do something for you. It is harder to look after those who will give you nothing in return. You won't see a return. You won't see a result necessarily. But you choose to be hospitable because you are ministering as an act of worship to him through the ministry to others. Beth Gallagher today is down there ministering to our kids. She's not doing it just for our kids. She's doing it for him and through that ministering to our kids. Why is it important that you all serve in the local church? Because you are ministering to the least. (laughs) It makes no sense when people come to church and don't serve. It makes zero sense to me. Unless they need to rest and heal, if you're able, get involved. Why? Because we are a church that knows the kingdom is service. If that offends you, good. You need to be offended. I'm not going to let you be ripped off with selfishness. And on that note, our kids' ministry needs seven workers right now. I'm putting the call out as a senior pastor. Seven workers. If we don't get the workers, I'll stop preaching and I'll go down there. And someone else can preach. I believe in it so wholeheartedly that we as a family can fulfill needs. So if you currently have one Sunday a month or two a month or three a month, see Ange Thor or Watto and say, sign me up, baby. Why? Because the least of these, in my mind, isn't just the poor or broken, it's the little ones. It's my son who loves church normally. It's the other week he says, church, church, not, not church today. And then when it's Sunday today, he's like, not church. But most times, it's church. But what we're doing is we're showing the next generation hospitality, knowing that we're ministering kingdom. So please get involved. And if you can't get involved with kids for whatever reason, there's other areas you can get involved with. Hospitality is a ministry to God's heart through ministry to others. Second thing is this, Hebrews chapter 13, verse 2. Hebrews 13 verse 2 says, I love this. This is so cool. This is amazing. It says, do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers, for therefore some of you have entertained angels unaware. You've heard me tell the story potentially, but I'll say it again. When we went to church in America, big mega church, the couple next to us in the midst of a thousand people, we met them during the meet someone minute, and they said in their Texas type uh, accent, why don't you come back to our ranch? And I could just tell, I could just tell that their heart was so open. They just met us. Two Australian bogans over in America. But the spirit they had was one of hospitality. And please understand, hospitality in the New Testament is a gift. But even if you don't feel like it's your gift, you can still be good at hospitality. If it's your gift, it means that you inspire others and train others in that gift. I love this. Don't neglect to show hospitality to strangers. (laughs) 
for, for some, by doing so, have entertained angels. I don't know if you've had that experience in your life, but I know I have, where I've met somebody, and I thought, are they an angel? You've heard me maybe tell the story where I was praying about Bible college, and I didn't know if I was going to go, and I had a week left to decide, and a random lady turned up at church and said to me in the courtyard, God is telling you to go to a place of training. And I went, what? And then I never saw her again. Was she an angel? There's a chance she might have been. Was she just a lady who was extremely prophetic? Could be that as well. But when you have a heart of hospitality, it is actually a heart for the supernatural. So the second thought is this. Hospitality is supernatural. My father and mother-in-law are sitting over here and one thing that I've learned about them is that they love to throw a bit of a dinner party. Come over for a barbecue, come over for a meal. They're social animals. They love it. I've been inspired by it. But when you're there, you think, you, you realise your heart is getting ministered to. Someone else I'm going to pick on, and they're not going to appreciate, they're going to get a bit embarrassed, is Nick and Dot Kelsey. I see you over there. Yeah, I know, she's just shaking her head at me right now. I'm going to pick on you because John and I would go to their house. We're overdue, I know this. We'd go to her house, and they would just put the best spread of food out. Like, it was just, like, like legitimately amazing. It wasn't a box of pizza shapes. It was full gourmet. You know, every time I, I walk away from that, I go, man, my heart feels blessed. It's a supernatural moment. I wonder how many times we've shown hospitality to angels. And you read it in the scripture. There are times where men and women of God did that. They made a meal and it ended up being an angel. That is the power of kingdom hospitality. You know, after a service, if there's a, a, a new couple or a new family you meet and you feel peace about it, I don't mind, invite them to the cafe for a meal, invite them back to your house that afternoon for a cup of tea. Whatever your sense, but don't be afraid to show hospitality to strangers. And don't be so busy in life that you don't have time for it. Hospitality is supernatural. I love this. <laughs> Number three, hospitality makes way for kingdom advancement. The art of hospitality. Now remember, it takes 10,000 hours to become proficient at a skill. Why don't we have that attitude with hospitality? Work at it, practice it. Make it a part of your weekly lives that you're hospitable in some way. Hospitality makes way for kingdom advancement. In Luke chapter 19, verse 5, it says, And when they reached the spot, Jesus looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. Think about this with me. This is really cool. Jesus' whole ministry relied, relied on the hospitality of others. He didn't have a house 
If Jesus didn't have the hospitality of others, where would he have eaten or slept or bathed? So his ministry was advanced through, this is so amazing, the hospitality of strangers. How cool is that? It is so kingdom hospitality that strangers put him up continually in their houses, fed him, looked after him and his disciples so that he might advance the kingdom of God. How much more so when you look after people, when you are hospitable, when you go out of your way to bless others, strangers and people in our church, that you see God's kingdom advance in their hearts. What would have happened if Jesus had everyone say to him, you can't stay at my house? It would have been a very different scenario. Jesus didn't hire an Airbnb for three years. He didn't get a mortgage for three years and got his own house. His house was back in heaven. He's like, no, I'm on mission. So he relied on the Zacchaeuses. And I love here, Jesus is like, Zacchaeus, I'm coming to your house. Get the bed ready, get the food ready, we're coming. But I love Zacchaeus' reaction. It says he came down and he at once welcomed him gladly. (laughs) Jesus, you're welcome. You're welcome. Now, I put it to you that if Jesus in the flesh walked in here and he had nowhere to stay tonight, you and I would be clamoring to get him to stay at our house. Even if it's your parents' house. Mum and Dad, you need to... Jesus is here. You'll be putting him in the bed. You'll be on the couch, on the sofa. You'll be getting the best food. <laughs> You'll be calling if your wife's at home or, or quick, go home, give the house a quick, quick clean. Jesus is coming to stay over and we're watching MasterChef. Who, who if, you, if, you, if you had an opportunity to have Jesus stay at your house, who he would say, yep, yep. Even if your house wasn't in a state, you'd still say, yep. A chance to spend time with Jesus, yep. Okay, most of us, if not all of us, say yes to that. Tie it back in. When you do that to the least, you do it to him. Did you get that? Oh, yeah, but I, if, if Jesus was here, yeah, no doubt, yep, yeah, yeah, anything. What about when the person comes in who needs hospitality? When you, what you do to them, you just done to Jesus. Wow. Hospitality advances kingdom. And it's hard for us to kind of grasp that because if a homeless person walked through the door now and stunk, hadn't had a shower for a long time, was dirty, would we have the same passion for him as we would have for Jesus? And I think our spirit man says, yes. Would. But I think a natural man would go, I struggle. Now, I'm not saying, by the way, you have to invite everyone into your house, but you can invite someone to a cafe. You can invite someone to our cafe after church. You don't need to invite strangers if you have kids around. It's always, you've got to be careful, I know. You never know someone's background, but you can still show them hospitality. 
in other ways. Hey, last, last thought, then I'm going to give you some practical things. Matthew 26, verse 29 says, I tell you, I will not drink from the fruit of the vine from now or until that day when I drink it anew with you in my Father's house. Here we see in Matthew 26, 19, we see the Last Supper. Jesus is showing us how to be hospitable. Think about this with me. Jesus, the Son of God, the King of kings and Lord of lords, is saying, the last thing I'm going to do before my crucifixion is throw a dinner party. Pretty interesting, hey? And not just a dinner party. I'm going to sit with my disciples, including Judas, who's going to betray me, and what I'm going to do is I'm going to wash all their feet. Make sure they're all clean. And I just pray we get this because it's so easy that if you've been a Christian for a long time, to just skip over it. Jesus, about to die on the cross, is washing Judas' feet. And then he, he would have prepared the place. He would have made sure there was food. And then he sits with them and he says, I'm not going to do this again with you until we're in heaven. Until we can have the new wine, the new cup. Until after his death. And it shows me something. It shows me that in heaven there's dinner parties. In heaven there's hospitality. He literally says, I won't do this again with you. I won't drink of this fruit or vine. It says, until I drink it anew in my Father's kingdom. So here's the fourth thought. When you show kingdom hospitality, you're giving people a taste of heaven on earth. How cool is that? We were at a wedding on Friday, and um, as you know. And it was a humid type of day. And there was a box, there was an esky full of ice and cold waters. And as the speeches were going, my son kind of saw the water, and there was witnesses who saw this, and thought in his little mind, it's going to be great to go and get water for people out of that box. So he waddles over, gets the water, waddles back, here, Daddy. Oh, thanks, Bear. Goes back. Gets another one, gives it to a stranger, the guy sitting next to me. He'd done this like five or six times. Out of the mouth of babes. Out of the mouth of children. We've got so much to learn sometimes. Our host team here every week, I hope you realise, come in, they vacuum the carpet. After you leave, they vacuum the carpet, they straighten the chairs, they open the windows, they clean the toilet, they make sure everything is nice so that somebody can come in here, sit in a seat and just receive from God. What's their call time, Benny? They get here at 8 o'clock every Sunday. Faithfully. Hospitable people. Hospitality is a taste of heaven on earth. When you show kingdom hospitality, you are giving them a taste of what heaven will be like. At least I hope that's their experience. So here are some ways for us, and we're going to be very practical in this series. The art of hospitality. How do, how do we be hospital? Hospital. Hospitable. The first thing is this. Just some tips for you. Invite people often. Invite often. 
Be an inviter. Remember, the, this is the heart of the kingdom. The wedding banquet is set. Go to the highways and the byways and compel them to come in so that my house may be full. One of my greatest wrestles with God often is why are there empty seats in church? Because if we were proactive in our calling, we would compel people to be here to partake of the banquet. But I think sometimes the banquet can taste sour or bitter or unforgiving or something else and people don't enjoy the taste of it because we've forgotten about the beauty of the banquet. What is the banquet, Benaiah? The banquet is the fruit of the Spirit. A church full of people who are patient, kind, not self-absorbed, easily forgiving. A church like that, that people partake of, is a church that people want to be a part of. Invite often. Listen, don't be afraid of the rejections. Please hear me on that. What if I'm rejected? They're not rejecting you. Don't worry. Keep inviting. Because God is preparing the hearts of certain people. The second thing is this. Give guests your best. Can I hear an amen? Oh, this is really good. This is really good. I've been to houses where there is dirty bathrooms, dirty everything, and I think, that's okay, but I think I wouldn't bring my friend here. I wouldn't bring my stranger to this house. And I just think a little bit of effort often goes a long way. So when you invite people to your house, do a quick spring clean. Even if you have to fake it till you make it. I'll use an example. I used to host Connect Group in my house before I was married. And sometimes I would leave it too last minute and there were dirty bowls. Sometimes I put those dirty bowls in the cupboards. <laughs> and sometimes my guests would go to try to find something in my kitchen and come across a stack of dirty bowls. If Charlie was in the room, she would say that she was that person on more than one occasion who was looking in my kitchen and went, whoa, there is a bunch of dirty bowls <laughs> with dry food in them. <laughs> I tried to do my best. Maybe I didn't. But it's better than one walking into my kitchen with piles of dirty bowls. Maybe. Am I saying you have to make your house perfect? No. Especially if you have kids. I know it's a challenge. What I'm saying is, just think ahead when you're hosting. Remember, everything you do with hospitality should be out of the heart of love. Oh, but that's your love language. No, no, it should be all of our love languages. It's a kingdom language. Think ahead. Number three, make sure your guests are comfortable. Give them a cold drink. Give them a snack. Snacks make everybody happier. Make sure they have a comfortable seat. It would be very bizarre if you had guests come to your house and you sat on the lazy boy and they sat on the floor. 
little bit bizarre. Okay, local church, let's talk about it. We have new people join our church and we sit in our seats with no spare seats around us and our guests theoretically have to sit on the floor because we haven't made room for them to sit with us. Ooh. Here's my challenge to every one of our regular church members. Every time you sit with your friends after church, have an empty seat. Have an empty seat police person who comes, honestly, I'll give you permission to do this. You see a group with no empty seat, you come over and say, where's your empty seat? Why? Because the more we do this, the better we are at hospitality. One of the attacks local church get is that it's a bunch of clicky people. Come on, we can change that. Yes, we're family, we get familiar, but we can change it so that new people feel welcome, they feel loved, they feel accepted. My other challenge I give you is this, never let anyone sit alone in the courtyard unless they want it. So I had someone the other week by themselves and I was like, oh, not good. I stopped when I was, I was talking to someone. I said, stop, I need to go. There's someone by themselves. So I left them by themselves. And I went over and I, <laughs> I said, oh, and I said g'day to them. I'm like, Little did I realize they were studying, yeah? So they wanted to be alone, and I ended up taking half an hour of their study time for their test. Didn't realize. (laughs) There will be exceptions to the rules. But ask them, do you want to sit alone or do you want to come sit with us? This sounds really simple, church, but imagine if we'd done this. Clickiness starts when you're a teenager, and it goes until you're retired age. We have to break that cycle. We have to be like little kids who become friends with everybody. Let me use, I'm going to keep, I, come, I, I use my son as an example, but he's teaching me a lot. I get at this wedding, my son's there, little two-year-old, cute as can be, and there's kids playing, and he just wants to be a part of it. And he's watching them, and he, and he kind of, you know, trots after them wherever they go. And one kid who was double his age noticed that and went... And, and, and just started talking to Bear. And you can see Bear trying to talk back in his little language. And you can see Bear talking uh, and sitting down. They both sat on the grass and just had a conversation. And I thought it was the cutest thing. This kid had like these big glasses. Some of you know who I'm talking about. And it was the cutest, cutest thing. And then the kid gets up and Bear's sitting and the kid goes here and lifts Bear up. And then they waddle off together. That's kingdom. That's kingdom. That's us. That's the church. That is the people in the society who are lonely and broken, finding a place of embrace. Who wants to be that? Let's be that. So practically, let's be inclusive. After service, if you see newer people or someone you don't know, they might be a regular, go and talk to them. I am Mr. Introvert. It costs me. But I do it anyway, because I understand that when I do that, when I connect, when I show hospitality, I show people a part of God's heart. Number four, don't forget the details of your guests. If you have guests coming over who are gluten intolerant, maybe get them something gluten intolerant. Um, get something, yes. If the vegans are coming over, make sure there's a cabbage. <laughs> I'm picking on Benny. Maybe, a, maybe some lettuce. 
Don't be stubborn, be hospitable. Why? Because it shows love. It shows care. Number five, thank your guests for coming. (laughs) Text them afterwards and say, thank you for coming over. That was great. If you meet them at church, text them afterwards, Facebook them. It was great meeting you. Why? Because you're showing them kingdom, kingdom heart. Number six, ask people great questions. How do you talk to somebody? And this is very basic, but I'm giving you gold. How do you talk to someone? You ask them questions. Again, at this wedding, I'm at the reception, and there's lots of people I don't know. If it was up to me, in my personality, I would go and sit in the car with the air conditioner cranked up. But I understand that there's a moment where I can actually connect with people. So, what do you do? Ask good questions. You don't need to talk about yourself. Talk about them. How are you? Do you live locally? Are you studying or working? Those alone, those questions alone, are enough to go down a pathway of more questions. Oh, where are you working? That's great. Do you enjoy that? Oh, where are you studying? That's amazing. Like, oh, you're retired. What do you do? Do you love gardening? Whatever it might be, and it's just... Whether or not you really care about the subject isn't important. You care about the person. You'd be amazed, though. And I'm not picking on anybody. But sometimes as church people, it can be a bit weird. And I am finishing in a moment. But we're so spiritual that someone who's trying to find a church home is like, what are you talking about? It's okay to talk about the footy. It's okay to talk about someone's life. It's okay to listen to people on their journey. Because who knows, the Holy Spirit might prompt you in that moment to actually give them, a, give them something, some light. Only three more. We show hospi- hospitality by offering help, by serving people, by saying, what can I do to help? Have a heart of hospitality. Have a heart inside this church to help. Just help. Families help. Unless you want to be that one son that doesn't do anything in a slobby, you can be that or you can be the help. You can help. Do the Saturday chores. If you say, but how can I help? Come and see Pastor Joel. He'll give you a list. There's plenty to do. Why? Because we're a family and we're kingdom. Number eight, if you want to be hospitable, give a gift. Here's a few just generic ones, but give a gift. You've heard me say it, but every week Charlie and I try and do one act of generosity, at least one, but one in particular. Give a gift. Number nine, write a note. Write somebody a kind note. Pray about somebody, give them a note. Bless that person down the road bless your neighbor and not just at christmas time bless them all the time do what you can to show kingdom love and lastly lastly it's simple smile often show those teeth of yours whether you love your teeth or not when i was doing the wedding 
on Friday again, lots of strangers in the room, and there was this one guy who just sat there, it would have been probably my age, him and his wife are sitting there, and biggest smile in the world. And he was a tall guy, so I could see him. Just, he was just so stoked. And also I was sharing the message around the, the ceremony. He just sat there with the biggest smile on his face. And then afterwards I met him and he was just blown away by the service. He was like, thank you so much. And I'm like, thank you. Everyone else is crying in a good way. And you're sitting there smiling. You know, when you smile at people, you actually scientifically set off endorphins in you and in them. Interesting. It's the way God created you. When you show warmth, when you show kindness, when you show love. You know, that's what we need to be. I reckon Jesus was a big smiler. I reckon he smiled a lot. Hospitality touches the heart of God. Hospitality brings heaven to earth. Hospitality is supernatural. Hospitality makes way for kingdom advancement. The art of showing hospitality. These next coming weeks, we're going to be talking about the art of being kingdom people. And some of that's going to be very practical. But I pray today that you have a fresh heart and a fresh revelation of the importance and the power of being hospitable. Remember, healing comes through hospitable hearts. In Jesus' name. Does that, does that sound good? So as we finish, we're going to be practical. And why don't you just to sit there for a moment. Why don't we all just close our eyes. And you can open your eyes when you want, because I actually want you to ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, what, what can I do this week to carry kingdom hospitality? What is it practically that I can do or my family can do this week that can bring kingdom hospitality? And just start to think through. Father, I pray for inspired thoughts right now. I pray for creative thoughts. I pray for your leading. I pray for you, Holy Spirit, to come and just seal what has been spoken. May we get a fresh revelation of the power and the art of hospitality kingdom hospitality so as you're sitting there guys write down something on your phone on your notepad that you can do this week which shows kingdom hospitality treating strangers as friends just feel free to write it down. Write something down.
awesome. Just, just one more minute. People are just writing things down. One more minute. we stand to our feet as we finish I'm just going to pray over you pray over your week coming up and if you're here with your spouse why don't you take them by the hand and if you're here by yourself just lift your hands to heaven I'm just going to just pray a blessing over us this week as a church community Father I just thank you for this beautiful church I thank you Lord for every person I thank you for those who are here and also those who couldn't be here today Father we pray your blessing upon them Lord, we pray that we would be hospitable people. Lord, that we would have the conviction when it comes to being a hospitable people. Can I hear an amen, church? Lord, I pray that we would be passionate about this subject because, Lord, when we're hospitable, we show your love to others. Lord, let us be people with great uh, works that people might give glory to you, Father God. Let our light shine with brightness. May our deeds shine with brightness. Father, I pray just for a confidence, a conviction, and I pray for safety over our church this week. Bless them, keep them safe, keep them well. Lord, I pray for a supernatural breakthrough in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Awesome, guys. Hey, go be hospitable. Go bless someone in Jesus' name, and we'll see you next week. We hope you were encouraged by today's message. If you would like to know more about our church, please go to celebrationchurch.com.au.